This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing a lawsuit stemming from victims of a major flood back in 2017, as well as a city plan to replace a 40-acre homeless camp with what officials are calling a prototype park. San Jose residents who suffered through a flooding catastrophe in 2017 scored a recent victory that could spell legal trouble for Valley Water. Joining me now to talk more about this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? Good, Nick. So give us a little history about this flood. It happened in 2017, correct? Yes. So there was a strong storm in February of 2017, uh, which caused water from the Anderson Reservoir to breach, which triggered flooding in parts of San Jose. Valley Waters referred to this as a 20-year flood, and the results were disastrous. Uh, 14,000 residents were displaced. The water caused approximately $100 million in damages. And five years later, hundreds of residents uh, who survived the flood are still rebuilding their lives. Yes. And now talk about this legal trouble that uh, Valley Water is potentially facing. It's something about a consolidated lawsuit? Yes. So more than 250 people who were allegedly affected by the flood are part of a consolidated lawsuit against Valley Water. Uh, San Jose was also a party to that suit, but they settled uh, last year for $750,000. Valley Water did not. The the recent news is that a couple weeks ago, the court rejected Valley Water's motion for summary judgment, which was essentially an attempt to dismiss the case. Now the case is potentially heading to trial in early May, although the plaintiffs in Valley Water could settle between now and then. And the gist of the suit is really that the residents claim Valley Water uh, neglected to adequately uh, protect them from this incident happening. And what does Valley Water have to say about this potential litigation? Valley Water says it's still evaluating its options. Spokesperson Matt Keller told me the district plans to continue engaging in good faith settlement discussions as it also prepares for trial. He also mentioned Valley Water has taken measures since 2017 to protect residents in areas that were really hit hard by the flood such as installing an interim flood wall and berm along the creek uh, in Rock Springs and repairing a 150-foot levee near South Bay Mobile Home Park. The district is also working on a couple projects that uh, hopefully in the future will reduce the chance of flooding in neighborhoods near the creek. The Coyote Creek Flood Management Measures Project and the Coyote Creek Flood Protection Project would involve putting flood walls, barriers, or new levees along this nine-mile stretch of land uh, near the creek. And those projects are going to roll out over the next uh, several years. Okay. Now, as far as the victims of this flood go, how are they feeling about this next step? It seems like Valley Water hasn't taken a settlement off the table, but I mean, the trial is, it could be here before we know it as soon as May. Right. The trial's coming up in just a few months, so the window for a settlement is uh, pretty narrow. Generally, I mean, people that I spoke with are happy that the summary judgment motion failed. But bear in mind, these are people that have been waiting for years for some kind of financial relief, and they're still pretty upset that they've had to wait this long because of the litigation. Um, I spoke with one resident, Teresa, who told me that the flood badly damaged the foundation of her family's house. They've been trying to rebuild for years, but that project is going to cost them around $400,000. And right now they're simultaneously paying mortgages or a mortgage on the house and rent on where they're currently living. So that lack of settlement money is really hurting her. 
Uh, I also talked with Ted Smith, whose wife is one of the lawyers representing the flood victims. Um, His son's family was affected by flooding. He told me he's never uh, seen a scorched earth litigation strategy like the one being used by Valley Water. And, you know, sort of case in point, he pointed out that this lawsuit has dragged on so long that some of the plaintiffs in the case have dropped out or even died. Hi, I'm Ramona Guiwargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, executive director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. San Jose has a deadline to remove a large homeless camp in downtown by this summer or risk losing out on federal funding. The city plans to create what officials are calling a prototype park to prevent unhoused individuals from congregating there. But some worry it'll only push people out into other parts of the city. Joining me now to discuss this is reporter Jenna Cotta. How's it going, Jenna? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course. So what is this prototype park council members approved? What what do they mean by that prototype? Sure. So it's a temporary quick build space, essentially there to prevent homeless people from setting up camps again. Um, And it's it's a creative way to use the $1.5 million that they already have to create a community space instead of just building up a fence or hiring more park patrols to, to kind of prevent people from staying there. I see. And and what are they actually proposing will go in this park? Right. So it's a 40 acre spot. They have a couple of ideas right now. They're looking at a five and a half acre dog park, some more space for disc golf and nine acres for wildfire plantings and meadows. And then they've even set aside a part for community gardens or urban agriculture, but that would be part of the long-term plan. I see. And it's interesting hearing disc golf. I actually played a bit of disc golf in college, but as much as I would like to play disc golf again here locally, I think the bigger issue is that tied into all of this is the need to remove homeless people from the site. Um, There's about, I believe about 150 people living there from what we've heard. Why does the city need to remove them from that site? Right. So this site sits right under the San Jose airport's flight path. And for that reason, it is dangerous for residential use. So the FAA contacted the city and gave them a deadline to remove all of the unhoused folks from that area. And the deadline that they have to do this by is June 30th. So what kind of plan does the city have for meeting that deadline? So that's where it's a bit unclear. Council members voted on Tuesday, contrary to what the city staff recommended. They want to keep the deadline and I guess in these few months, work to house as many people as possible so that the sweeps will be easy. City staff had originally wanted the city to delay, to ask the FAA to delay the deadline um, until this other interim housing site is completed so that they could house the folks there. Uh, and then, you know, the area would be clear for, you know, in line with FAA guidelines. I see. And I think the spot you're talking about in question, this housing uh, is on the San Jose Police Department parking lot. They actually just announced that the other day. There was a ribbon cutting. Right. Yes. So it's at the police department's headquarters in their parking lot, and it'll be ready by the fall. Uh, Early estimates say August, but uh, some city officials said it could be two months after that. And that's why they wanted to push the deadline a little bit back. Right, because if that site isn't ready for them to move people off of uh, the what they're calling the Guadalupe Gardens uh, park site, 
where are they going to go? I mean, I think that this is something that we were hearing from advocates too, is that it's really just going to push people into other parts of the city that they're not now. And, and getting to that as well, what are residents and advocates saying about this city plan? I mean, you're exactly right. They are worried that this is not going to be a long-term solution, that by sweeping the the rest of the Guadalupe Garden site, it's just going to push people more into the trails. It's going to push them into other parts of the neighborhood, into other parks. So it's not really a sustainable solution. Um, someone from the... Silicon Valley Law Foundation, Becky Moskowitz, said that it's unlikely that they would be able to house these people by the June 30th deadline. Scott Largent, a homeless advocate who actually lives at the Guadalupe site, said that, you know, the city is failing to address the most important aspect of this, which is the people. Uh, He said that they've made conditions so bad that people are being forced to leave. Um, Others said that, he said that they've also removed services. So the rats that were once living in the dumpsters that the city has now removed are actually going into people's RVs. They're eating the wiring. So people who may have wanted to leave actually can't because their cars are not working. Their RVs are stuck. The city had promised to get a mechanic out there to fix their vehicles. Largen said that he hasn't seen anyone get those services. According to city documents, they've fixed five vehicles. Uh, which is, you know, a very small portion of the people who are living there. I mean, city estimates say that there's 100 people, 150 people living there now. Largent would say there's several more, 200, 300 people still. Wow. And that's quite a lot of people on a 40-acre site that was larger before, and they've just continually shrunk it down as they're getting ready to sweep them off. I, I think one thing missing in this, too, is also that I know the city is working to house these people, but Largent said something that I found really interesting that some of these people need more than just housing. And I think that this is something that gets missed in the conversation about how to tackle, you know, the homeless crisis is yes, we want to house people and give them shelter. I I think that that's a no brainer in some extent, but there's also a need for medical services and especially behavioral health and mental health services for some of these people. What, what did Scott Largent have to say about that? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's a really important point. He added that the SJP parking lot is just not going to be a good fit for most of these people. These are people who have been out in the elements for a really long time. And the people who are left, Largent said, are you know, largely people who are really struggling with their mental health, they're severely mentally ill, they need to be in, you know, a rehab center, or reassessed and stabilized, put back on their medication, being put in an interim housing site is just not going to really give them the support they need to get their life back together. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.